Hello, college basketball fans, and welcome into Mad About Hoops. Colin, evil ball Colin, as Timmy likes to say, is here with you. Everybody Alonzo. likes to say. <laughs> Some people do. Some people don't. But it is what <laughs> it is. Your regular show at the fan, they're not down with the evil ball Colin No, they're, they're, uh, we got to change that. They weren't. Well, that's on you then. you got to tell them that. But it's uh, not me. It came from another host <laughs> at the fan by the name of Common Man. You're right. But it's great to be back. There's tons of, well... A lot of basketball. Some has been canceled, but we we're staying positive. There's a lot of good still going on. Uh, Be positive, stay negative. That's, that's exactly what Papa right. Bear says. Yes, yeah. John Rostin says that. But yes, we have a very very fun interview with the beat writer of Ohio State basketball, Adam Jardy, over at the Columbus Dispatch. We'll get into almost everything you can think everything. of. Yeah, the love of the game, a little bit of OU, a little bit of Ohio State, also, and just a national outlook too. We'll get into all of that plus more coming up. Yeah, it's going to be great, man, and uh, this is our 29th episode, so we're, we're one away from 30. We'll get that one next week as we're in season. I'm with you. Um, more basketball, even with postponements and cancellations. Too, a little, a little too good. be determined, but hopefully 30 is with uh, somebody, yeah, it, somebody no. we're actually going to mention hey, in this interview. We've, we've been in contact uh-huh. with the man down at OU, the program that you just mentioned, your, your, old, your old dental buddy, Jeff Bowles, so... <laughs> He had had th- had a little game. I don't even. I didn't see that Purdue Northwest game. I think even they on won by schedule. twenty. I think it was like ninety two seventy two. Yes, right. I didn't day. even. I didn't even see that on their schedule before. I don't know if you did. So well, that's the same thing the, with the Cleveland State game. It's just everything's right, popping right. up. Yeah. Well, no. What's funny is that Sarah, who works in the the sports information department down there, first was saying. Okay, Coach Bowles can do Thursday. Thursday's wide open. And, dude, I swear to you, that was, like, on Monday or Tuesday. So, and then, like, well, wait, he couldn't have done Thursday. They're playing a game at 2 p.m. So, unless he was going to Tim Miles us, like you joked. That would have been And instead of just the halftime tweet, actually get on a taped podcast at the half, that would have been amazing. But, uh, yeah, dude, uh, December 11th in the afternoon as we record here today. So without further ado, let's get into it. Five to go. Lewis has been awesome. Let's it go. Inbounds Turner, left side of the backcourt. Turner crossed the timeline, throws it from high on the right. He hit it just inside of half court. Lane's on the other wing. Oh! Oh! Captain in, Jerome! <laughs> College basketball! This is March Madness! It is December Madness, and what better way to actually spend the month of December talking about college basketball than talking with one of our great friends, Adam Jardy. Okay, everybody. Uh, evil, we got a great guest on here. I don't think our buddy Adam Jardy, who covers college basketball... He's he covers college basketball all over the place. I mean, he pays attention to it. He covers the Ohio State Buckeyes, but he is a national college basketball guy that pays attention to everything. And he's extremely dialed into Ohio State. I've said before, man, he's like the link. He's he's the one big link to the Ohio State program. He's the only guy that's traveling right now. And that's even true a lot of the times when we're not in a pandemic. So he's our guy. And. I'm excited to have him. Adam Jardy, welcome to Mad About Hoops, man. How you doing? It's uh, it's me and Evil Bald Column. What's up? 
Hey, it's great to talk to you guys and one of my favorite nicknames in all of Columbus. Um, <laughs> and thank you. Thank you for that intro. That was very kind. Right, Eva, before you go, mm-hmm. I got to ask, I got to ask Adam, like we do with everyone that we've had on here, the, the title of the podcast is Mad About Hoops. So, uh, you know, me and him, we just have crazy love for the sport. It, it, it started in different ways. It, it gets everybody differently. Where did the love for the game begin for you and how did you wind up here? So I have photos of when I was very little, I mean, maybe two, um, we had a a pretty small house. I was the firstborn in in my family. And my dad put a little basketball hoop. He like nailed it to the wall in our little one car garage. Mm, And I can remember one of the very first things that I can remember is him instructing me to aim for the square. Like just throw (laughs) the ball and aim for the square. Of course. You hit the square, then maybe you'd bank it in. And I can remember like being very, very little and, and shooting hoops on a little basket in that little garage on Revilla Drive in Northwood, Ohio. And it just kind of went from there. Um, my dad played high school and then he played like some like adult leagues when, when him and my mom got married and um, allegedly told my mom when they got married that basketball would either kill him or cripple him or both. Um, <laughs> it did its best. He said, multiple knee surgeries and shoulder surgeries, but he just, my dad, my dad grew up sort of instilled a love of sports in me as a child. Sure. Um, and we, we watched all kinds of sports together, but basketball was always different. It was the sport that my dad was the best at. Um, it was the sport that we could sort of talk about like easiest, I guess. And, you know, from there, I just, I just had a genuine love for playing it. I mean, it was, it was a sport you could practice and do on your own, you know, if no one was around and, you know, we used to draw up like tournament brackets on our driveway with like the neighborhood kids and, you know, everyone got an NBA team and we'd play, you know, best of best of seven series up to 10. And, you know, you try to trying to advance to the NBA finals. Like that was just a big part of childhood growing up was just always playing basketball, always, always dialed into at that time it was a lot of the NBA and following the Cleveland Cavs. But then um, got into high school. It's the only sport I'm any good at. Although I don't know how good I am anymore, I don't get to. Oh come on! Don't get to play. <laughs> I mean, I like to think those skills translate um, or stick with you, kind of like riding a bike. But uh, it would probably take me a little while before I'd feel confident putting putting my skills out there for public view. But um, that's the only sport I was ever really any good at, and it's the sport I understand the best. And I mean, I can. I feel like I can go anywhere, flip on a game, sit down in a gym anywhere, and just find a genuine appreciation for the, you know, the competition and you know, the ins and outs of it and um, strategy comes from, I was never, yeah, I was never the best player. Um, So I, you could say I I spent a lot of time watching because maybe I was on the bench more than the, than the average guy. So I feel like I understand the game decently well, or at least I did it at a young age. Sure. That's why we all love mid majors here. Right, Colin? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) I, uh, Adam, I actually wanted to start my first question. It's not, it's in Ohio, but it's not Ohio state. I want to ask about the Bobcats and, you know, we talked about Jeff Bulls last week on our podcast and just kind of what he's been doing for that program. I actually, it was an off-topic subject. I was talking about, I saw him at the dentist and we went into like a spiel of famous people we've met at the dentist. But um, yeah, <laughs> Jeff Bulls is a really interesting story. So, you know, obviously an assistant under Thad Mata, then goes off to Stony Brook, has a good couple of years there. And then now is back at his alma mater at Ohio. At Ohio. I don't know if you've watched any of their games so far, but what do you think of their program? And I, I know there's always the attraction to stay at your alma mater, but do you think he will take a big job at some point? Um, 
I don't know. I, I haven't spoken to him about what his ultimate career aspirations would be. I would think that, uh, like any coach at any profession, like if a bigger offer comes calling, you probably have to consider it. I mean, I was, I remember being told in college, like if someone wants to interview interview you for a job, you always take the interview. Whether you're going to take the job or not, you take the interview and you learn things about yourself. Or you know, there's there's nothing bad that can come out of at least listening to what someone might be wanting to offer you. So. I would expect he, most coaches feel that way. So if a bigger school comes calling down the road, I'm sure he, it's probably something he would have to have to consider. But yeah, I've, I've gotten to watch some of the Bobcats. Um, I watched a lot of the their game against Indiana, or uh, excuse me, Illinois earlier this season, which was just a just a heartbreaker there for them. I mean, I thought they had that one. Um, but lots of like can about play what though. That there. Preston guy. Oh my God. Whew. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and great then, story and too. It was a reminder. Yeah, yeah, and it was a reminder to me too that like Desumo is also really good, and anytime it's a close game yeah. in Illinois playing, I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna side with that dude. But um, yeah, I, I really like what he's doing there. It's just such a natural fit. I mean, that was one of those things that when that position opened, it was like, well, yeah, of course they're gonna hire Jeff Bowles. It just makes too much sense, and I'm not surprised he's having success. Hey, Adam, not to jettison you from the Bobcat talk, but finish up your tale. You were. You were getting to the point where you wound up covering the game, and uh, you were making me nostalgic back there about your childhood and the, and the love <laughs> and everything. Like I, I'm actually looking up in my basement at a handmade basketball hoop that I think evil. Have you seen the picture of this thing? Like it's usually in the Zoom videos. Whenever I'm going to do something I here, I don't think so. What is it? It's it's. I actually hand painted. I went and got like a nice looking panel of wood that's about a quarter inch thick. And I hand-painted it with, like, an orange border and an orange square, like Adam was talking about. And I had to use, you know, our official office basketball hoop that the Skills brand makes, like SKLZ Skills? Oh, that's right. I, I unscrewed one of the orange cylinders from that because... What is this, Lord of the Rings? I can't freaking mold iron. Like I can't, I can't make that part by hand. But I took the the hoop and I I bolted it on the wall. So it's the same type of thing, like with me and my my boy and how we play all the time. And I had that hoop in my playroom going up as well, uh, growing up as well. But just finish that up real quick. How did you just get to the point where it, it became a career and it became a profession? And you got to combine. You said you have the best job in Ohio, which is what I love about you. Yeah, I, I, I truly do believe that. Um, so w- once I got to Ohio State, um, I was a journalism student, and I started working for the, the for the Lantern and um, actually covered hockey uh, when I was at Ohio State, but did a little bit of basketball, had season tickets to the to the program, and you know watched some uh, not very enjoyable Jim O'Brien teams. Um, <laughs> and then um, I was fortunate. I mean, out of college, I got my first job and I was covering all kinds of different sports in, in Danville, Virginia. I mean, everything from uh, NASCAR oh, wow. to um, high school, um, high school sports to uh, ACC stuff. Um, but I wasn't there super long. I was there for a couple of months and then got a job back here in Columbus uh, where I was covering Ohio state football and basketball. And I enjoyed all of it, uh, but I really just grew an affinity for what it meant to get to cover Ohio state basketball because you just genuinely get to know the players and the coaches on a much more personal level, I feel like. And it's such a high major program, and you have this like really good access where if you put in the time and the effort, you get rewarded by getting to know all these interesting, cool, high-level athletes. And you can tell really, really special stories. And 
So when I was on sort of both beats, you know, I did both and I enjoyed both, but I just gravitated toward the basketball side. I just enjoyed it more. And then I get hired by the dispatch. Um, it's been actually nine years as of October. Um, they hired me as the crew writer, which I loved. And I had so much fun covering soccer for um, four or five years. Yeah. And then Bob Baptist was retiring and had a really great relationship with Bob. I mean, he's a legend uh, covering Ohio State basketball for the dispatch for as long as he did. And um, I, I would have been happy covering the crew for the rest of my career if that had been what they wanted to continue to pay me for. But then when the, when the basketball job opened up, they asked me if I'd be interested, and I said yes. And <laughs> now here I am. Um, Heck yeah. And like the one-man guy yeah, traveling, I mean, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of, lot of, um, lot of solo uh, drives across uh, Indiana and Pennsylvania and, you know, kind of – heading all over the the Midwest here. But um, yeah, I do. I firmly believe it. Like I said, it is the best job in Ohio. I think I get to tell unique stories. I get great access to a high level program that is playing, you know, nationally relevant games on a nightly basis. And I'm front and center for all of it. I, you know, there's, I never know what one day is going to bring on this beat. I mean, it can, you know, some days you're uh, at Madison square garden covering a game and some days you're sitting in the parking lot of a, Meyer gas station in the middle of nowhere because you're waiting for someone to call you back. Like you never know what the day, what one day is going to bring you. It's not always glamorous, but I do genuinely, genuinely love what I get to do. That's a great story, and you do a great job, Adam. Really appreciate everything. It's a great you life, do. man. Yeah. I, uh, well, I, I, I do want to get into a little bit of the Ohio State team real quick. And uh, when I looked at the schedule when they first came out with the Big Ten slate, I was very, it kind of popped off to me how it almost feels backloaded with how the Big Ten schedule is for Ohio State. I mean, you wrap up uh, Michigan, Michigan State, Iowa, and then Illinois. Granted, three of the four are at home, but it feels very backloaded. Do you, do you agree with that? Because I also remember oh, yeah. I remember hearing Chris talk about maybe a game or so ago talking about how this team's a work in progress. Do you feel like that could benefit a team like this? Well, you'd, I think if you're Ohio State, yeah, you would certainly rather be playing those teams a month or two from now than you would right now. Cause I think this is very much a team that is learning its identity. And, and really every time they take the court, I feel like there's so much that we're learning about what this team might look like. Um, so yeah, if you're going to have to play the heavyweights, you probably want as much time as you can to prepare for them. Um, what surprises me about the schedule is that the big 10 didn't decide to try to be more regional. Um, and I don't, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but like, I think they only play Michigan and Michigan state once or maybe like between Michigan, Michigan State, and Indiana. Like I think you're right, and I'm with you there. They don't, have, yeah. they don't have like home and homes with all of them. I mean, and they go to Rutgers, they go to Minnesota, they go to, I think they go to Nebraska, I think they go to Iowa. Um, you know, you would think, I know there's no like natural geographic partner necessarily for Iowa, Nebraska, Minnesota. Like they're, they are where they are in, you know, geography-wise. There's not much we can do about it. But I'm surprised that they don't have home and homes with all the teams that are closer. Like I thought the big 10 would do something like that. Um, and they didn't. So we'll, we'll see on that, I guess. Yeah. So you saw the comments from coach K and we had you on locally on the Buckeye show this week and you gave some of those, but bring them, bring them here because certainly not everyone is going to agree with what coach K said about how we maybe shouldn't be doing this right now. And I mean, <laughs> Pretty wild that Coach Oates 
sort of a newbie. I mean, he was at Buffalo, so he was there at a mid-major, but a newbie in the Power Five just really goes at him and says what, what everyone would have been thinking on Twitter or social media. So that was a little wild. Yeah, I'm, and, and I am here for, like, if, if a coach has a strong opinion on something, like, say it. I mean, I'm, I'm all about that, and let's have things to talk about. Like, let's grow the interest in the sport. Let's, I mean, if you want to say, you know, villains or whatever, I mean, like, bring it on. Like, that's, that's good for college basketball. And I like, I like when people are, are outspoken and have opinions on things. So uh, I was excited to see all that this week. Um, I do think it's interesting. I mean, basically Duke making the decision that they're not going to play Gardner-Webb is, is what we're all kind of up in arms Laughable. <laughs> Laugh out loud. Yeah, I mean, we're done really, with, yeah. our co- with our non-conference slate like that's five more games. It's the whole man's old running Bulldogs. That's it. <laughs> yeah, and, and really, I mean, what Duke is doing is they're giving up a win. I mean, however many you know wins Mike Krzyzewski ends up in his career, like he could have had one more because they're going to beat Gardner-Webb. I know Duke's not – I don't think Duke's very good this year, but they, they're not going to lose that game. So I just think it shows you that, you know, there's a lot of concern and there's a lot of differing opinions on how the sport should be played this year, when it should be played. I mean, Mike Krzyzewski has been pretty adamant for a while behind the scenes that, you know – they just they should only play conference games, and I think you know if he would have if he was the czar of college basketball, I think the ACC probably wouldn't be playing until January, and they just play each other. And I think there's something to be said for just the weirdness of why it's important to cram in Duke and Gardner Webb, or you know, in no respect to, or no disrespect to any of the teams, but like why is it important that Ohio State plays Moorhead State and UMass Lowell? Like we're in a pandemic that they're telling us not to travel and not to go places and these games are happening. And it's, it is kind of strange. It's just, there's like a cognitive dissonance I think going on there when you try to rationalize it all. But I just think that, you know, coach K's comments are, that's certainly one viewpoint. And I think their decision not to play non-conference games or I should say a non-conference game. I mean, that's their prerogative. And um, I don't know. It's just, I think it just kind of sums up the fact that this is a really strange year and I, there's no way we're going to get through with everybody on the same page. All right, let's stay national because one of the biggest talking points I hear nationally is that this is just, it's a wide open year. There's, you know, blue bloods are down generally across the sport. So I want to know from your opinion, how wide open do you think the sport is? And we, we talk so much about how the Big Ten can get that 20 year drought out. Can they finally get it this year? I think the sport is as wide open as it's been in a long time, and I think that will remain the case because we don't know what this season is ultimately going to look like, and you don't know like how who's going to get hit with what and for how long. I mean, we we might you look right now, and I think it's pretty clear like Gonzaga and Baylor. I mean, they they look unbelievable. I mean, Illinois looked really good, but like, what do those teams look like if come February they have an outbreak and they have to shut down for two weeks or something, or you know, this guy gets an gets a positive, you know, result. And then as he's coming back, then two more guys get it and it lingers. I mean, I think to me, what is most interesting this season is it's just going to be an ultimate test of depth and experience. Like you want to have guys who have been through battles, but like you're going to need bodies. And that's part of, I mean, you've got Ohio state adding a walk on mid season. You got Michi Johnson jr. Joining the team this weekend, even though he won't play for a while, but you need bodies because you don't know how many guys are going to get, held out at any, any given point this season. So I think when you look around the, the country and you see that Duke looks down and Kentucky looks down and I don't, I don't know where I fall on Kansas right now. Like, 
there's certainly some questions about good starters who is really at the top. CB points out depth though. Yeah. 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 So I, I don't, I don't know like ultimately who I think is really in the, I feel like sometimes, you know, we kind of have a clear idea. Well, these, these eight teams are national title contenders you know, I, I don't know that we have a real great idea on that right now because I just don't know what this season is going to look like or where we're going to be when we get to March. Adam Jardy covers college basketball for the Columbus Dispatch. You guys know uh, we do this podcast through the, the local radio station, 97.1 The Fan, and we've gotten to know Adam a lot over the years, as you heard him tell the journey here and how he got to covering the team the way he does, and he does a great job. Hey, who's the who's the walk-on, by the way? Am I missing something? Uh uh, Jansen Davidson. Um, it was it was funny. You know, you get there for the season opener against Illinois State, and uh, you know, I walk in, and the first thing you do, you're counting numbers. Okay, how many guys are out there? Is anybody missing? And I'm looking, I'm like, who's that dude? <laughs> and turns out that yeah, they had added uh, added a walk on. He's a senior. Um, he was on OSU's club team. I actually have a feature on him in the works. I just haven't I haven't had time to write it yet, but it'll be coming up, I assume, in the next week. But that just has a, a pretty interesting story. It was actually his link to the program is the uh, the coach for Ohio State's club team is Eddie Days, the former Ohio State walk-on. Oh himself. wow, yeah. So oh, so he so there was a connection there and club um, ball, man. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and it turned out that the Ohio State coaching staff had reached out to Eddie and said like, you know, this is when Abel Porter went down. Um, and they weren't sure if he would be able to play or not, and Jimmy Sotos' waiver hadn't been approved, and they reached out to the club team and said, like, we might need to add a body or two. Do you have anybody that would fit the bill? And Holman and Ryan Peden and I think Jake Diebler went and watched them, like, sort of have, like, an open gym session, and interestingly enough, Jansen almost wasn't going to make it. Um, He had, like, a family um, uh, engagement that he was supposed to be at, and so when Eddie Day sent a text to the team and said, hey, you know, we're going to have this open gym. Everyone should be there without telling them specifically the Ohio State coaches are coming. Wow. Uh, Jansen, Jansen texted him back and said, I actually, I don't think I can make it that day. And so then Eddie was like, you, you get no, here. really, you, you get need here. to be there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so then he made it, or he went there and he caught their eye. And um, now he's, now he's on the team. He went, Holman's quote on opening night was, you know, it's a pretty great story. You go from, you know, the club team to uh, scoring points on ESPN in a matter of like a couple of weeks. It's, quite the rise so i love walk-on stories i just think they're fascinating all right so we're only four games into the season but i want you to fill the blank of this phrase the biggest the biggest aspect of the game that ohio state plays that has improved from last season is blank versatility um okay because i i i think back to like the notre dame game here on tuesday and i think about how um I mean, there was a point where Musa Jallo was the four and, you know, they didn't really even have like a five on the court. And it's just, I feel like they have so many dudes who, aside from like, if you're either, you're the true point guard in CJ Walker or you're a true center. And I don't even know if they really have one of those. They got a lot of guys that are, could be a two, a three, a four, a five in a pinch. I just think there's a lot more versatility on this team. Versatility. I mean, everybody... Everyone is is dying to have that at this point in a college basketball season. Boys, I I thought we could do this and share what we might want to see under the Christmas tree for a few just college basketball nuts. Now, I would always say, like for me personally, 
I've got enough Kansas stuff through the years because that's where I went to school. But you guys know I also spent a year or two at Weber State. And there's some mid-major flavor right there. But the website for the shop is just struggling, man. Like, there's nothing good. They got to pick it up and do something better. I know, Evil, are you wearing the jersey, by the way? Yeah, I was about right to say, now? I'm, I'm kind of cheating on mine because I bought mine early. But yeah, <laughs> because I'm also a big Butler fan, too, and I've already talked to Chris yes. about this. We, uh, we bonded quite a bit over that. But uh, yeah, I got a uh, Gordon Hayward uh, National Championship Ooh. jersey. So that is, uh, it's, it's spiffy. 2010, I covered that Duke basketball team in my previous job. Uh, I was not there at the Final Four, but I followed that Duke team up until the Final Four, and that was one of the great games. But, but Adam, what, what about you? Like, What's a college basketball gift that you would want to see from old Santa Claus? I really like, and I don't really have many pairs, but I like like basketball shorts. I like to just, yeah. like, especially during the summer, like give me a good – good pair of basketball shorts. And I always grew up, my, my parents met and or they went to, and they met each other at Bowling Green. So I would like a really nice pair of like Bowling Green basketball shorts. Like I just wow. think, yeah, I, I grew Falcon up with, shorts, I grew baby. Up with the, yep. Yep. I grew up. I mean, my dad was a huge Browns fan is, is a huge Browns fan. Um, so like a Brown and orange was a big, those are big colors in our household. And my dad used to joke that that was why he went to Bowling Green was for just for their colors. But, um, yeah, I've always had an affinity for them. I used to have a really nice Bowling Green uh, basketball camp shirt from growing up, a camp that I had played at there. And, um, yeah, it was sharp back in the day. So, yeah, i go for go for a pair of those. Or maybe, like, and this is, I know, kind of weird of me to say, but, like, I, my dad also, as because he coached basketball, like, my entire life, yeah. uh, really liked Coach K and really, like, has is a big Coach K fan. So we kind of grew up Duke fans in addition to other things. So, like, I could use like a really nice like Duke zip up hoodie or something like that. Him and my my dad, my brother went to a Duke game um, during uh, well when Zion was there because they wanted to see him in person. And I mean, long story short, my dad's been in a nine year battle where he keeps kicking cancer's butt. But you know, oh, you man, always kind of worry about that stuff. And so I, I mean, he's he's hanging in, and he's I mean things That's good. Things continue to yeah. He's he's a pretty tough dude. Um, but so they took an opportunity to go watch a Duke game and my brother bought a really nice Duke, Duke hoodie at the game that I've always been kind of jealous of. So I'd throw that on the list too. There it evil before I know you want to ask him one more mm-hmm. thing. Did you guys ever like have the guy like in pickup ball or in school or whatever that wouldn't just rock the shorts, but he would rock like the full <laughs> uniform. We had the guy at Kansas. I kid you not. He would rock the the Steve Francis, the Stevie franchise. I wish it would have been Maryland, but it was the ugly Houston Rockets uniform. He would wear the game, <laughs> the authentic game shorts and the jersey together. It was ridiculous. Um, now we didn't really have anybody like that. I, I, when I was a kid, I would play a lot of pickup wearing like Mark Price jerseys. Like I, I still have like an old school white Cavs. Oh wow! Like a, like adult medium that my parents bought me when I was in like fifth grade. And it's oh still like Dude, it was 91% from the stripe. It was my guy. Um, and I have, uh, then when they upgraded their jerseys or changed their jerseys, to those black ones with the orange and the blue stripes, like swoosh things on them. Like I still have one of those wore those a lot as a kid. Um, but no, I, I don't think I ever, I don't think I was ever lucky enough to go against anybody in like a full uniform like that. That would, that probably would have intimidated me as a kid. 
And my final question, it's pertaining to the team, because you had a really great exclusive a little bit back with Holtman talking about when Seth Towns will return. I want to get inside your crystal ball. When do you believe Towns will make it back to the court? Um, I think it could be as soon as, as Sunday. Um, I mean, he's been close. He's been close for a while. Um, you know, two games ago, he went through full warm-ups, but then didn't play. Um, he did not go through any warm-ups um, uh, at, at Notre Dame. I think it makes sense, if you think he can help you, to ease him in in a game like a Cleveland State game. And, you know, you, you, know, you were talking about the Bobcats here a minute ago. Um, you know, he put a 40 nothing run on, the, on this Cleveland State team. Like, that's I'm right. Not, Is it, I, I believe that's a record for a D1 versus a forty. Yeah, right. Forty to zip, yeah. I think. Yeah, it was. Un, I mean, just I, at some point, I think you just say like, "Why? Like, we're done. Like, uh, just just call the game. Like, what what are we doing here?" Um, so I think if you want to get him in the game and you want to, you want him to start getting past that mental hurdle of, um, "I can do this. Like, my knee can hold up. I can cut. I can run. I can." This is a great opportunity to do it because there's no reason to expect that Cleveland State's going to be anything other than you know a win for Ohio state. So I wouldn't be surprised if he plays Sunday, um, especially then. I mean, they go to Purdue on Wednesday, so uh, that's not the place to, to ease a guy in. Um, so I, I would, at, at this point, I think it could be any day. And I think it makes sense if he's healthy enough to do it on Sunday. Well, Adam, uh, you've been awesome, man. I really appreciate you taking 20 some minutes and just talking ball with us, Ohio state and everything else. It's a great time of year. I still got my bracket up on my chalkboard in my basement that says 2020 NCAA tournament that never happened. So uh, we just made it up. So I know we all feel the same things, and we're just glad that Hoops is back. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you, Adam. Um, yeah, guys, the time flew. I'm happy to come back anytime. Appreciate you guys having me on. And that was awesome. That was our interview with Adam Jardy of the Columbus Dispatch. Like we said there, he's always welcome back. Evil, we got one more thing or two more things left to do on this podcast. So we'll take a quick break here for episode 29. We have a big old fat mid-major flavor that deserves some time. And we'll tell you what you got to be watching this weekend. It's all coming up. It's Mad About Hoops. That was a fantastic interview with Adam Jardy, Tim. But I know there's, great. Something, there's something you really want to get into here that I know uh, that uh, shocks, yeah, I, the, shocks the soul. It, it shocks it the soul. It's shocking. You might be teasing a Wichita State thing. You're just but a little you bit love, down the road. Being, a, being yeah. a Kansas guy, I know you love mm -hmm. it. Yep, this this is a, a Kansas contingency here, and it's it's Kansas on Kansas crime. Now, now Kansas, you got to look up a map to even know that this one little school is in Kansas. <laughs> but but to be to be fair, Kansas did have a scare. North Dakota State was a one-win team that went in there and probably should have won that game because Kansas didn't look very good. But it doesn't not beat good. Yeah. what happened to the Wildcats down in Manhattan. That's that's not good. While you were saying that, I wanted to t I wanted to thank and uh, give a shout out to my good friend back at uh, the University of Kansas. He had a rough week, dude. He lost both of his grandparents to COVID oh, wow. a week ago, and uh, he kind of he grew up. My friend Jimmy Chavez, he is maybe the greatest broadcaster that no one has heard of yet. His play by play skills, I'm telling you, are off the chain. Like his football and dude got to do his first KU men's basketball game, so. That's a that's a big step in anybody's career. 
I know, like our friend Matt Andrews, we we love seeing him when he gets to do. Was Buckeye he doing the radio? Or was he doing the ESPN Plus? He was doing radio, which okay. still it's it's awesome, man. Like I, I knew the guy Brian Haney who took over for uh, football and men's basketball because he was only maybe three or four years ahead of us. Me and this guy Jimmy Chavez were in the same class uh, together. One, okay. one, he's one of my closest friends, and he's from San Antonio, and is. Really, his dad and his grandparents raised him, and they're just, he was just such a diehard Spurs fan, and I know he, he was wrecked. And he got that news, like the day, I think it was the day of, that he was doing that, that KU North Dakota State game. And so it's, you mentioned that, that I, I actually called him earlier this week, but I, I had to put that out there. So uh, I hope he gets more stuff. He's the women's basketball voice now. And he, he's getting to do some men's games at the fill-in, and that was the first one he did. But, yeah, man, to the mid-major flavor, uh, you're all about this. Do we call Fort, it a mid-major, though? Because they're not even in It's below, one. right? Yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's the most – you're right. Does it even get to the level of being a mid-major? It, well, I'm giving it that, we, we find, you got to give it that. We find mid-majors endearing, and those are really good mid-majors because Richmond is a very good one. Richmond's a very good one, and they'll be in one of our top games to watch. Maybe right. the game to watch this weekend if if you want to pay attention to something outside of your favorite team. But Division Two, Fort Hayes State, actually, while staying Kansas, things the the longtime radio voice of the Kansas Jayhawks, Bob Davis, he came from Fort Hayes State. Oh wow! So yeah, that's he was calling action there. So, kids, if you're wanting to do this stuff and be a broadcaster, start wherever you can get a gig and make great tapes and make connections and send them to people, and you never know. You might might be calling Kansas Jayhawk basketball or North Carolina basketball or Ohio State hoops. You never know. Imagine following up for the great Paul Keels, right, Colin? But Fort Hayes State. It's a hard State, thing to do. It's a hard thing to do, mm. but someone's going to have to do it one day. Fort Hayes State beats Kansas State, and that's not just the story. It's it's the fact that, you know, it's happened before, right, where the exhibition game gets lost. We've right. seen that. It have, usually get a case or two a season, right? I think it happened to Syracuse. Didn't it happen to Ohio State under Thad one time? I think Findlay got us once. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah either way. I think about it, yeah. But this was regular season. That, that's the big difference here. This is a Division Two going into Manhattan and shocking Kansas State. They didn't just beat a man. They kicked their ass. It was a shit show for the Wildcats. It was embarrassing. 81-68 to 68 was the final. And when it has Bruce Weber, who <laughs> old no-voice Bruce Weber, ah, this was a very, very disappointing and sad, sad day for our program. I mean, it sounded like your program died, like the post-mortem, with how Bruce Weber was taking it. And Fort Hayes State didn't have their two most veteran coaches. They had someone younger than you, or My not goodness. about your age, coaching them <laughs> that game. It's amazing, right? So Jared Vitsum with 16 and 11 mm. and Caleb Hamicky with 15, 7, 5, and 4. That is congratulations. Fort Hayes State. Have yourselves a day, man. And still somehow not as bad as Kentucky's blowout loss to Josh Pastner, who's probably going to get fired at the end of the year in Georgia Tech. But no, I'm just kidding. Tongue in cheek. No, that's, that. that's horrible, though, right? <laughs> yeah, that's bad. Um, 
Yeah, no, it, it's kind of disappointing for Bruce Pearl in that program because there's been some years where Kansas State actually has some pretty decent teams. I know I'm thinking back but they're to, always good, man. I, they're I'm thinking consistent. to the, the Jacob Pullmans of the world and Jacob whatnot. Jacob Pullman, yeah, But they're, they're always Michael really Beasley. good. And they, they've been disappointing a little bit in the, in the NCAA tournament when they've had decent teams. And just for that to all accumulate into this, that's sad. Let, let me read you one other thing from the Elias Sports Bureau. Uh, Fort Hay State's actually a bigger school like than you would give it credit for. 15,908 students. That's oh, actually wow. pretty sizable for yeah. a, a school. We got a lot of, you know, big time college basketball programs that are private and have, you know, somewhere in the, you know, two to 5,000 student range. I mean, what's Gonzaga got? What's Duke got, right? Oh, yeah, they're but, not that big. Yeah, it says uh, they became the first non Division one program to beat a major conference team on the road since Texas A&M Corpus Christi. I don't remember that game, but they beat Texas Tech in the year 2000 in Lubbock, Texas. So, wow, 20 years. Yeah, because I, I know Corpus Christi's moved up to D1 because Ohio State actually played them in a 215 matchup uh, several years ago, but that's uh, that's wild. So congratulations to the Tigers there beating the Wildcats. Feline on feline, Kansas on Kansas right there. Fort Hayes is just a, or Hayes, excuse me, is just a little town that you would wave to on your way from uh, to Denver if you're going from KC to Denver on I-70 in western Kansas. So it's like that. But, hey, man, let's do a quick check of the scoreboard here now that we did the mid-major flavor uh, games to watch. If you're circling, if you're paying attention this weekend, I'm pointing you to Sunday afternoon. You mentioned the Spiders. Mm-hmm. Number 19, Richmond, 1 o'clock at number 11, West Virginia. One of my final four picks right there. I want to see this game happen, man. Yeah, I, I really do want to see it happen, but <laughs> I don't want to jinx or anything, but as we're recording this uh podcast that West Virginia is down at halftime in North Texas so maybe they're looking ahead a little bit that's true yeah that's true at the time we're doing this it's an eight point deficit for the Mountaineers of course if you're catching this on the day the podcast is released a nine o'clock tip-off with Iowa and Iowa State so uh, the in-state rivalry there with the Cyclones and the Hawkeyes is always one to watch. And it's, I, oh, I, like, yeah. me some, I, mean, that's, I like me some Hilton Magic see, better than anything. See, that's though. the thing is we missed the El Asico in football, but we're going to get it in basketball <laughs> this year. Yeah, so that's fine. And then you look at Saturday. How about the Bearcats, man? Cincinnati's only got three games under their belt on the road at Tennessee. That's a big test. Tennessee yeah, only has one game played. It is a really big test, but I saw some crazy stat where Cincinnati, I don't think they allowed an off, or an offensive rebound to, I believe, Xavier in the Crosstown shootout. Um, but the, the, they're going to play really good defense. On a Brandon, they're going to play really good defense. The question always is with the Cincinnati program, will they score enough points? I don't know if they're going to be able to against Rick Barnes' team, but I can't wait to see the matchup. But talking about that Crestown shootout, it, I did see, I don't know if we talked about it a lot, but. No, I was just going to stop you and say we ought to be thrown in podcast jail. For the, <laughs> the, the, I was just going to say that. And that's that's in a full, full on, full force apology from your Mad About Hoops team that we didn't give enough credence to the Crosstown shootout. It's, it's like we've said before, the pandemic year, things are hard to keep up with, hard to keep track when we're doing things here. It is, yes. And I did want to point out because we talked so much about Belmont and Rick Bird and all that stuff. But one of the biggest things that Belmont lost this offseason was the transfer of Adam Kunkel, a really good three-point shooter, a guard that pretty much led their team last year. And we saw this uh, a couple of days ago that actually Belmont suffered because of that. They lost big to Samford. 
But uh, Kunkel actually got his waiver. He's allowed to play for Xavier now. Yeah. That's really yeah. big come Big East time. And he hit a couple of threes in that game. He did. And that put Xavier at 6-0. And Xavier has played so many basketball games. They've got a lot yeah, under their belt seven. right now. they got seven. They have some of the most, yeah. And that was, I think, Cincinnati's second game of the season. So there was a definite advantage there if they're going to talk down there in the Queen City about who had it better. But that was still a great game. It was everything you would have expected. It was close going into crunch time. It was a two-point game at half. Xavier ultimately got it done. 77 to 69 looking back and Scruggs he he was the man there he had like mm-hmm. 20 points and like five of everything it seemed five assists and five rebounds he had a had a couple of steals in that game as well so uh, that's a good player for the X-Men a- I, any other game you're looking yeah, at this yeah, weekend yeah. Man? No, I'm, I'm looking at Saturday can I interest you in because I know I, I have a date interest me in anything I, I, I have a Dayton alum friend that is a huge Flyers fan and he's I think he needs some type of re- relaxers because the, the games that Dayton's been playing this year, you can't feel comfortable in any of them. They've had two single-digit wins and then a heartbreaking last-second shot loss to SMU. But they're going to be able to play Mississippi State this weekend with Ben Howland at the head coaching position for them. So that's, that's right. something to look forward to. The old UCLA coach that seemed to have him in the Final Four for like five straight years. Uh, that's a 3 p.m. tip-off on Saturday you're right. I think Dayton, man, just needs to find their sea legs. Not not having Obi Toppin anymore and maybe just some of the shock of how good you were last season and you didn't get to do anything with it. But what's shocking about them is the guy that's really been leading them is the guy we said that needed to step up and E.B. Watson. E. It really hasn't been Crutcher as much. Yeah, Crutcher, you know he's going to get it going. He will. Like, the, the guy's too good. And uh, let's see, we're, we're missing something big. We can't, we can't do it again here. <laughs> we're, like, we, we can't leave it that way. So, oh, yeah, it's Texas and Baylor, man. Texas oh, and Baylor. Of course, yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, pay attention to that one on Sunday. That's another uh, game of the week candidate there. Yeah, that might be a game of the first team to, I don't know, 55 wins. Like They're, they're both very sound on the defensive side defensive end of the ball um but I, I i like what i've seen with baylor's offense we've talked about it in previous episodes i i think scott drew's really got something going this year and it's not just a oh, lot of noise it's not just offense either like they're just i i don't i don't know again like that's that's going to be tough to stop i'm not just automatically giving him that league because right. we've talked about this before what kansas is and even what kansas, kansas, kansas is, can so. still do it i just need to see it from them yeah, and this I just is, need to see it. Look, this is great for Texas, right? We've been talking on this very pod about right. Shaka needing to do something, and here they are off to a start ranked 13th. Now, here's your opportunity. Here it is. Oh, we actually have Big Ten play starting this weekend, too. Oh, yeah, the I, Big I, Ten I got, Conference. I got, I got Michigan and Penn State, at, <laughs> too. Yeah, Yeah. yep. Ohio State's got some work to do against Cleveland State on Sunday afternoon, and then after that, they'll be jumping in. On the road yeah, to Purdue, it's, it's, yeah. We're not missing much. It's just Michigan and Penn State. So it's not the full-fledged party with the Big Ten. But then again, you're pretty much right into conference action all across the country. We knew that the non-conferences slates were small. And very quickly, you're going to be getting to your conference schedule. All right, man. That's pretty much it for me. Anything else you're dying to add? Yeah, no. I I mean, I'm always going to check out to see what uh ohio and coach boys are gonna do they're gonna face marshall which should be an interesting matchup i'm just kind of going through here i don't see kansas gets a d2 school good for them um <laughs> way uh, to flex um I, I because i love mid-majors i'm gonna be tuning in to rick stansbury's team he's gonna be hosting uh rhode island so that'll be a good matchup between west kentucky and rhode island uh besides that uh, it's 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 pretty quiet it's outside good. of that it's all good. You know, I was actually looking up college basketball gifts on Amazon. 
You're looking to get me something? There's the uh, the Chris Dorch Blue Ribbon College Basketball Yearbook, the 40th oh, anniversary edition. Yeah. That looks like that could be a fun thing to flip, like all through the season. And there's like a John Feinstein book, every other post here. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one of them, The Backroads to March. I, I bought the digital copy on Amazon. That's actually a fun read. Anything of his is, uh, is great for a college hoops fan. But that was good, man. That was a fun uh, 29th edition here, 29th episode of Mad About Hoops. Uh, thanks again to Adam Jardy from the Columbus Dispatch, covering the Buckeyes, covering college basketball. It's great to hear his story. And, well, we'll see you guys next week. This has been Mad About Hoops.